go with another edition of the Stampede Wrestling Show. Welcome, everybody, to Heartbeat Radio. I'm your guest co-host, Johnny Mantell, and I'm on the line tonight with, of course, the infamous Bruce Hart of the famous Hart family. How are you, Bruce? I'm doing great, Johnny. Uh, uh, I'm excited and looking forward to tonight's show, the uh, uh, sort of like the uh, Academy Awards or the uh, best of the year uh, sort of like the show, end of the so, year. Yeah, so it should be interesting. We've, uh, I'm told we've had uh, a ton of callers and people uh, submitting their uh, votes and all that stuff in. So uh looks like it'll be pretty interesting to uh, kind of see who's uh, the various winners. There's a lot of different categories, and uh, I'm, I'm excited. But I'll, I'll let you uh, kind of... Uh, kind of get the ball rolling here. Well, I want everybody to know that Michael McCurdy's handling the phone lines tonight and going to feed us our uh, our guests as they call in. And I guess we have quite a list of uh, call-ins tonight calling in, and each one's going to announce a winner or two in each category. Is that correct? That's what I'm told. I, uh, I, uh, I was given the uh, lowdown by our director, uh, Robert Johnson, and uh, he indicated that uh, Mike was going to be uh, handling the uh, the board, as they call it, and uh, I guess uh, he's got different, uh, a number of different wrestling people uh, from Chris Gilman and Manimal and uh, Evan Ginsberg and uh, a few other uh, notable, uh, Brent and Bob Brooks and some of those people that are apparently going to be uh, presenting making the announcements uh, who who was voted as the various winners in these various categories, anything from Rookie of the Year to Match of the Year to Wrestler of the Year to Feud of the Year and uh, a few kind of uh, negative awards to, I guess, the most embarrassing performer of the year and a few uh, raspberry-type awards, I guess. So it should be interesting. Uh, a lot of uh, a ton of feedback from what I'm told, and a lot of different uh, personalities from not just. Uh, I assume there'll be probably uh, a lot of WWE. They uh, were obviously the most dominant uh, promotion this year, but uh, certainly open to all the other, uh, you know, uh, promotions around the world, including Japan and. Uh, some of the indies in the states and all like that. So, hopefully, uh, we'll get a pretty, uh, pretty good cross section. Yeah, and I think we ought to sort of, uh, uh, sort of prerequisite or sort of give a little uh, disclaimer right here. You know, this is uh, from what everybody sees, and like you said, there'll probably be a lot of WWE guys on the list because most people see that all the time and. And it is a dirty shame that there's not a clearinghouse or some kind of, uh, of, of body that watches and, and views everybody that's out there wrestling in the world today because I know, much like you do, Bruce, there's some fantastic indie talent out there that's either undiscovered, unknown about, or has done something where Vince will never take them. You know, and I'm, I hate to say it like that, but that's just sort of saying the truth. Yeah, I uh, I think it's uh, 
I think it's a good idea. If, if there's anything we can do in our own small way to kind of acknowledge or, you know, make mention of some of the guys who have been really stepping up in some of the indie promotions and, and, uh, all of that, you know, I'd, uh, I'm hoping that the fans will kind of, uh, you know, put in their two bits worth and let us know who are some of these, uh, guys that are, uh, unsung heroes that are, uh, it's sort of been like that for years. I know even, uh, back before Vince, you know, there was, there was always a lot of guys that, uh, including yourself and your brother Ken and guys like that that uh, you'd see in the magazines and some of that and then I'd get a chance to see them working and I was like wow these guys are there's a lot of guys in Calgary that uh, like Dynamite and some of those guys before they went to the WWE who were uh, you know phenomenal workers and they were very rarely in the after magazines or any of that stuff, you know. And, you know, you'd see them and they're like uh, head and shoulders above a lot of these guys that are being uh, in the wrestling review and all like that. So I'm hoping well, that, that uh, some of these guys uh, might, uh, you know, I'm hoping if anyone WWE, uh, you know, hears about any of this, they might, uh, you know, you know, check out some of these guys that are, uh, you know, busting their asses in the indies and uh, probably not getting paid much, and uh, it's tough for them to get a break. You know, I know a few of the guys that are out there; they've been uh, they've been doing that for ten ten years or more. You know, at Rick Victor and guys like that. So, you know, I'd like to see them uh, somehow other uh, you know get their foot in the door, if, you know, or maybe get that long-awaited uh, break, you know, because uh, business certainly needs some new guys that uh, are, you know, kind of uh, going to fill the shoes of some of the, you know, the stars that are uh, starting to get a little bit into the twilight of their careers. Yeah, and I think, you know, you and I say it all the time, but, uh, you know, in the old, like you, you know, we've said before, in the old days, you know, lots of times when a territory would would change, you know, a booker would change, the owners would stay the same, but a booker would change, or the the talent would change up because it was a rotation sign kind of thing. And and right now, really with WWE, there's no rotation of talent. There's just they're either there or they're not. And and uh, oh yeah, the politics and just the uh, the whole mindset. You know, I don't like to be uh, railing on any one group or any one person, but there's a lot of stagnation, a lot of, you know, stale performers who have been around way longer than they would have been back in the day. And uh, I think the fans are the ultimate uh, people that suffer from that. You know, there's not enough guys coming up that are, you know, really dynamic, exciting you know, kind of turn your head type superstars. You know, like back in the day, there was a that was always to me one of the the things I like even about WWE back in the early days is there was this uh, ongoing procession of guys coming in that were 
you know, would grab you like when The Undertaker when he first hit the scene, or Kurt Hennig, or Hawk and Animal, or uh, Mick Foley and uh, Steve Austin and guys like that. You know, they're it, that was one of the cool things, you know. Nowadays, the only new guys, you know, like to be railing on them, they're, you know, uh, bringing back uh, guys that have been away for six months and they make out like they're, you know, uh, something new and different. They bring Jericho back, they bring Wade Barrett back, or they, you know, give uh, somebody a, a new identity and it's the same old, same old, you know, and you're kind of going, geez, uh, but that's one of the problems with the business that you and know, I've alluded to many a time is there's uh, there's not enough. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that will change. You know, there's a need for uh, some of these new promotions to really uh, you know be embraced, and uh, and those new promotions got to be. Uh, an alternative to, you know, that's one of the big problems with all these small promotions these days. I've said it for years, is they're all trying to be a copy of something, and I think the way they really need to go is to go out and be a a compelling kind of vital alternative to the WWE or whatever, you know. I know that was always the ammo and Stampede Wrestling. We were... uh, when I was breaking in, those guys like uh, the Bulldogs and Pillman and Benoit and Owen and guys like that, uh, we weren't trying to be a copy of Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair or any of those guys. I, we were kind of trying to be kind of a, a compelling alternative to that. You know, it was almost like, uh, and uh, that was why those guys were that good, you know. And uh, Yeah, I, I always... My- my analogy to that is, is I, I always feel like you know the, the the two big companies are sort of a Coca Cola and Pepsi fight, and and yeah, that's uh, a good way you, to put it. And if you really want to be, if you want to really be seen and have people scratch their head and think about you, you probably ought to be a Seven Up or an Uncola, you know, Doctor Pepper, a Mountain Dew, or whatever. The yeah, hell you you got to you got to go to the other realm. You know, it's not. I mean, because you're not going to ma- matches. You're not going to match the pyros. You're not going to match the TNAs of all the fake, you know, different parts and all that. You're not going to match a lot of that in every aspect of what you do. And and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the Patriots, the Patriots in the NFL have been very good for a long time, and a lot of teams try to emulate what uh, the coaches there are doing. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and all that. Sure, but what it yeah. is, it's, it's just good coaching they bring in. It's always different people. I mean, they don't. Boy, Belichick has a problem with somebody, or somebody wants more money than God, or somebody wants this and that. He runs them out and gets another person, just plugs in another oh, yeah. part, you know. And it's not yeah, Randy uh, Moss or uh, sure or, uh, Drew Bledsoe or whoever. You know, those guys were big stars. He and you know he has that's his big strength. He's got a pretty good in in eight sense of when to. Uh, you know, move somebody on, you know, and, uh, but I, I totally agree. I think, uh, I'm hoping that, you know, the, uh, powers that be, uh, start embracing and these new guys coming up, but, uh, let them be who they are. Don't, don't keep trying to convert them into the, uh, whatever the 
WWE is, you know, embrace their differences, you know. That was always the strength of uh, uh, Stampede Wrestling and some of those other places like Amarillo and some of them. I know when we brought in these Japanese guys or Mexican guys or the British guys like Dynamite and Davey, uh, we sort of uh, emphasized and told them to, you know, do their style. We weren't trying to convert them into... uh, our style, we were telling them to go out and do their thing, you know, I remember those Japanese guys had a lot of different, you know, the Ligers and the uh, Tiger Masks and guys like that, you know, and uh, that, that was one of the things that made the style so exciting, you had these guys like Dynamite and Liger and the Cobra and guys from the States like yourself or guys like Ron Starr and Doug Schultz and Honky Tonk and Danny Davis. And, uh, it was always a hybrid, and I think WWE's, you know, I don't like to be railing on them all the time, but for me, their style's stale. You know, they need to get uh, some new guys who are actually, uh, you know, I I, I sort of think the, of it, I sort of think of it as sort of like the Harlem Globetrotters. They always beat the same team. You know, yeah. why don't you why don't you go why don't you start you know barnstorm around the country and maybe play a different team in every city and make it a little more interesting and and I don't know I I, I find it very much like that I mean you know I think you and I talked about the you know conversion of MMA and wrestling and all that and and like with like right now whether it was Vince or TNA if they have their stars their eight or ten guys and and each week you brought in much like Japan did. I mean, Japan was really the model, right? Because they would bring in six, seven, eight guys for a four, five, six-week tour, and then there'd be a couple weeks off, and then they'd be right back out on the road, but there'd be a whole new cast of characters in that gene bus traveling around wrestling the Japanese, and it drew money. And, and I think right now maybe that would help the stagnation of it a little bit. Oh, yeah, totally. And I, I'm... I'm hopeful that WWE, uh, at some point, you know, I've been a history teacher for a lot of my life outside of the wrestling business, but uh, it's a well-known fact that every dynasty in the history of the, the world has collapsed from within, not from outside. Nobody conquered the Romans, nobody conquered the British, nobody conquered the Russians, the French, you know, so invariably it's from internal rot and stagnation and just kind of, uh, and I think if that's, you know, going to happen in the wrestling business, I don't think anyone's going to kick WWE's ass, they're going to kind of have internal, you know, kind of... uh, you know, things just kind of starting to dissolve or, uh, you know, disintegrate or deteriorate. And, uh, and for that very reason, that's why I think, uh, and I'm not telling Vince or anyone how to run their business, but I'm making points because I have a lot of passion for this business, and I think they need to, uh, at some point, you know, they should have done this a hell of a long time ago, frankly, they should be sowing seeds at the grassroots. They should be uh, endeavoring to kind of foster and, uh, you know, fortify some of these uh, smaller promotions that are just 
you know, not see them as a threat, you know, see them as a, you know, a, a means of uh, de- not only developing talent, but also uh, resowing the uh, the fan base, you know, at the grassroots, you know, in the old days, uh, as you and I know, there was all these different promotions and wrestling fans all over the continent and in fact all over the world used to get their weekly fix whether it was in Calgary or Dallas or Amarillo or Atlanta or Tampa or wherever the hell you know you could go down every Friday or every Saturday or whatever and put down your five or ten dollars and watch the wrestling and it was all uh, you know there you know at your disposal and it's not like that anymore, you know, and uh, I think it, at some point, you know, I might be old school or deluding myself or something, but uh, I honestly believe that uh, the wrestling business, if it's going to, you know, uh, have a renaissance or a rebirth, needs to uh, go back to some semblance of that, you know, and uh, and I think the fans are the ones who are ultimately the ones who have been deprived. I know if I was a wrestling fan, uh, you know, I'd be pissed (laughs) back in the 80s or the whatever. You know, they could come every week and all over western Canada or you'd go around Tamarillo or Dallas or Charlotte or Florida or Kansas City or Minneapolis or Portland or wherever, you know, you could watch... uh, you know, uh, some of the best wrestling in the world and uh, indulge in the uh, storylines and get into it, you know. And, uh, it's not the same, you know, the WWE comes to town once a year or whatever, you know, it's a big sterile kind of uh, one-off like the circus coming to town, you know. You know, you're not getting your fix, you know, you go down there and there's not any interaction with the fans and the wrestlers or anything. It's just kind of like this sterile, you know, you, you kind of go down and see the stars, you know, in most cases, if, not, if it's a pay-per-view or something, they might put out a bit more, all too often, you know, it's kind of a, a walk-through, you know, and doesn't, uh, to me, uh, sustain, you know, your fan base and any of that, and those are all things that need to be really uh, seriously readdressed, you know, but... I don't want to digress into, into that. Though. Bruce? Yeah. I, I hate to interrupt, but we do have the awards to begin. Our first presenter is on the line. Matthew Mertz is joining us. <laughs> okay, great. I'm glad to have Matthew uh, on board. How are you, Matthew? Thanks for coming on board. And uh, It's wonderful to be here, Bruce. Good to hear your voice again. Yeah, likewise. Uh, Johnny and I... Uh, are prone to digression once in a while, getting off on tangents about the uh, State of the Union address, you know, the state of the business. But anyway, it's uh, fascinating to listen to. Yeah, I uh, I'm looking forward to hearing some of the. Uh, you've got a couple of categories, I'm told. Uh, uh, I do have a couple year. of categories. Uh, first up is the Rookie of the Year. The okay, nominees who are, who are. Who are the uh, nominees? I guess. Sir? The nominees are uh, Rusev, Rick Victor from Ascension, Naoa Nomura from All Japan, uh-huh. Joe Hendry, Charlotte, 
Luke Harper and Bo Dallas. Okay, and uh, who is the uh, the winner? Well, oddly enough, we have a tie for the winner for Rookie of the Year. Uh, the award goes to Rick Victor and to Charlotte. Okay, excellent. That's those are that's Charlotte Flair and Rick Victor uh, of Ascension, who's I guess uh, been working a lot in NXT. And okay, uh, congratulations to those two. And, and uh, who is the other category you have there, uh, Matthew? The other category, Bruce, is the Tag Team of the Year, and the nominees are the Usos, Los Matadores, Harper and Rowan, The Miz and Sandow, Goldust and Stardust, and a tag team from New Zealand who is phenomenal, uh, Vinny Dunn and Celeb Just. And the winner is actually another tie well, uh, WWE's Harper and Rowan and Vinnie Dunn and Celeb Just from New Zealand are tag teams of the year. Uh, congratulations to both uh, those categories, the winners in both. Uh, yeah, I, I actually don't know uh, Dunn and Just that well, but I certainly uh, endorse uh, Harper and Rowan. I've done a a great job. Uh, no longer a team anymore, but they're uh, done a great job. I thought and, and impressed with them and uh, and the other guys. Uh, I've heard good things about. Uh, what any comments from you, Johnny, on those? Well, of course, the Rowan Harper pair. What a pair they are! Uh, I, I am disappointed they're no longer a team uh, for longevity and for real. Uh, um, you know, real stallus in this business for them to be a, a great tag team like I think they could have been. You know, they needed to stay together a bit longer. The two kids. Oh, yeah, I totally with... agree. I, I think uh, just like, say, Hawk and Animal or the Bulldogs or, uh, so, you know, so many of those legendary tag teams from the old days, the Assassins and the Interns and the. Uh, you know, free birds and some of those guys. They, uh, they became a fixture. You know, they you just you just you relied on them. You or you you know maybe you relied oh, on them being bad, whatever the situation may be. But you relied yeah, there was on so them many being back bad. in the day that uh, were uh, like these guys. Just you know, they just sort of hit the scene and and really just starting to find their niche. You know, because they were originally sort of part of that triage with Bray Wyatt and all like that. But yeah, I agree. I thought, you know, uh, it would have been good to see them uh, stick together for a, a few years, you know. And uh, But, yeah, I, uh, I certainly uh, consider them. The, the other team I'm not all that familiar with, but I've been told by a number of people they're pretty decent talent. I'm not sure if Michael knows them or uh if you've seen them johnny the i've heard rumble of, i've heard rumble of them i i don't i've never seen them i'll sure look at them now but uh um you know i'm glad that an independent like that's getting some recognition yeah that's certainly uh you know uh the fact that they uh got as many votes as the other guys uh you know uh, out uh 
you know, got more votes than a lot of those other more well-known things like the Usos and them. Uh, that speaks a lot about uh, their talent. So congratulations to both of them. Yeah, and good and good categories. I mean, there was good groups, good names in both lists, and uh, uh, like you said, the Usos, uh, very impressive team. To me, a lot like. Uh, uh, sort of the Mark and Chris Youngblood of the old days that didn't get a lot of recognition, and they've sort of created their own aura about them when they come to the ring and they get there, and uh, a good group of tag teams to choose from. Yeah, so congratulations to the winners and uh, and to the rookie of the year, Rick Victor. I, uh, he trained up here in the dungeon way back in the day, and... Um, uh, he certainly paid his dues. He's been down in NXT for about 10 years, so um, I hope he does well. Uh, part of that ascension. And, uh, why, why, why is he? Why has he been with NXT for so long? I wonder. Uh, good question. Uh, he was as good 10 years ago as he is now. You know, so I'm not sure if he wasn't, uh, you know, in the right political uh, kind of. Uh, you know, group or click or whatever. He's pretty quiet and uh, inobtrusive type guy, so he uh, maybe politics, but it's a good guy. I hope he, uh, you know, gets uh, his break, as they say, you know. So certainly, uh, you know, been uh, paying his dues in the minors, as they say, for a long time, and uh I hope uh, Charlotte Flair does well too. You know, I've heard good things about her. You know, she's got a her dad, of course, Ric Flair, and uh, the Divas uh, certainly could use an infusion of talent. You know, there's. I don't want to digress into dissertation on uh, Divas, but uh, I'd like to see a few more wrestlers in there, and uh, you know, some of the ones that have been getting the push haven't really been doing much wrestling. It's all been kind of fluff and TNA and that type of thing. But anyway, uh, I guess we got another category to come on here. And uh, our old friend uh, Chris Gilman, I'm told, is going to be uh, bringing that category up. So We are waiting for Chris Gilman to come on the line. He has not appeared yet uh one quick note though we were talking rick victor of the ascension the ascension actually is coming on to i believe it's raw this week they've been running the promos and all that so they've been brought up from nxt and will be uh making their uh main debut uh this week well that's good i hope i hope it goes well you know i i've seen some of the promos of them coming on i i honestly don't know what ascension uh, the name didn't really give me any great vibe, you know, it sounded kind of, you know, kind of bland or whatever, but uh, I hope they uh, get a chance, you know, and uh, right now the tag team division, I think, has been a little bit uh, hit and miss for a while, so I'd like to see uh, them maybe uh, solidify things a bit, you know, and hopefully uh, they'll get uh, a chance to you know, show what they're capable of. 
Yeah, I I hope that uh, especially after you tell the story of being down there for so long that uh, they bring him up in the right way and at the right time and and give somebody like that a shot to continue on. Yeah, I can't even. <laughs> Back in the day, uh, nobody would be, uh, you know, uh, cooling their heels in some place for. Ten years waiting for a shot, you know. It's well, way back, problems. way back then, you could work ten years and go to every territory around the country and a few overseas and really get your experience and never hit another one, you know. And and oh uh, yeah, th- then you could go back someplace and hit the road running. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was a different world than like we were saying before. I think it. Uh, some changes need to be made in order to uh, kind of uh, set, you know, fortify the grassroots of the business and all like that. But I won't uh, digress into that right well, now. If we're, if we're still waiting on Chris, is Matthew, Matthew, are you still on the line? I am still here, yes, sir. What, what do you think of those choices? Do you like those choices? Well, you know, I almost actually feel like in in this day and age, you almost need to do two versions of each category so that you can, you know, give WWE their due, but then also highlight some of the guys on the indie scene who have busted their butts for years, you know? It's almost unfair that uh, the WWE guys are even involved in the competition because, you know, they're they're inevitably going to be the winners. Yeah, I, I... You know, who am I to criticize the geniuses uh, that uh, are in that uh, calling the shots down there? But uh, I would most certainly be bringing up some of those new guys like Ascension rather than, you know, keep recycling the same old, same old. You know, it drives me nuts when they bring some guy like Santino or Wade Barrett or, uh, you know... uh, Heath Slater, Big Show, whatever, another role, Mark Henry, whatever, you know. It's like, I have nothing against any of those guys, but, you know, let some of these young guys, uh, new guys, uh, you know, give them a legit push, you know, instead of just recycling the same old, same old, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and it, like I said earlier, you know, and I, and I agree with you, Matthew, there's a, there's so much talent around the country that's unknown of and unseen. And now when I say that, I'm going to also prerequisite and say there's a lot of non-talent around the country as well, but there's some there's really good <laughs> there's some really good kids out there and young men and young women that are trying. I mean, I know there's a girl here in Texas and and uh her and her husband they they work together and they don't work together, but uh, she's a class act, comes and works hard, does what you ask her to do, uh, is not bad to look at. Um, the fans, if you've got the fans liking her, they love her. If you have the fans hating her, they hate her. And you never see her. I know, I know Kay said something the other day that she was put on the top so many girls list this year for one of the magazines or one of the different sites out there. And so there's so much talent out there that that they, we don't know about, you know, and, and it is a dirty shame. It's too bad we don't see more of it or hear more of it. Oh, yeah, it's tougher than ever now for, unfortunately, those people to uh, to break in. You know, uh, most of them have to have a day job, you know, making them, like, 
back in the day, if you work in the territories, you maybe weren't becoming a millionaire, but you were making a decent living and all like that. But most of these poor indie uh, guys, uh, most of the ones I know of up here, and that's probably the same everywhere else, uh, most of them have to work a day job, and they... You know, they get a shot here and a shot there, and they gotta usually pay their own trends, and you know it's kind of a a tough road to hoe. You know, it must be discouraging. You don't know that you're getting any closer or or what. You know, and uh, it's like that Ascension guy. Ten years, you know, he's been busting his butt doing indies, and probably had a lot of uh, lean. Uh, payoffs and all the other, you know, it's a labor of love, I guess, to, you know, it's a sign that somebody's pretty dedicated that they uh, hang in there that long. But uh, I'd like to see, uh, you know, the, that whole thing change to where these guys can at least make a living and, uh, you know, get some sense of, uh, you know, that they're actually on their way, you know. Right now, I'd say half, uh, most of them don't know whether they're, you know, going to make it. And a lot of them, unfortunately, fall by the wayside. You know, they can't afford it or it's pretty tough on a family and all the other, you know, like to, you know, be uh, kind of holding your breath for that big break. And all too often it never comes, you know. Yeah. Hey, Michael, if uh, we're still not with Chris, do we want to move on and bring the manimal on and do his stuff? Yes, I was just about to say, we're still waiting on Chris Gillen, but we are going to bring on the Manimal, who is going to be presenting, it looks like, three awards. The Manimal, welcome, my friend. Hey, guys, how are you? Uh, good, uh, good to hear from you, Paul. Uh, you doing all right? Oh, man, no complaints, you know, uh, yeah. just uh, living the dream. Yeah, belated best wishes of the season to you, and uh, yeah, I uh, look forward to your... Uh, you know, announcements here. I guess you got uh, a few different categories. So, yeah, they, uh, Bob sent me three here, and uh, I guess whatever you want me to get into them, I'll get into them. Yeah. Well, first go, off, go. I, I, I want to say, hey, Bull, how are you? I'm, I'm sorry we missed you the other day. I, I understand you were going to make a stop by the Ponderosa on your way from or to Amarillo. Uh, I hope I'm on your list for a rain check on that. Oh, you know, timing just didn't uh, didn't get together perfectly on that one. The stars didn't just align correctly, but uh, you know, I head that way quite a bit, so I'll make it make it out there as soon as possible. Hey, well, let's let's get to your uh, list for best non wrestler of the year. Okay, in the best non wrestler category, we've got Zeb Coulter, El Burrito. The Bunny, Paul Heyman, and Lana. And the winner for Best Non-Wrestler of the Year is Lana. Oh, that, that, I agree with that. That's pretty uh, solid. That, that good group of uh, candidates, so all those ones you mentioned were all pretty, uh, pretty good in their own way, so... Uh, congratulations to Lana. And what's your take on that, Johnny? Well, uh, that's probably the one I'd know the least amount about of that whole list. I knew everybody on that list and 
have a little knowledge of them, but that the last one's probably the the last one I know the least amount. Yeah, so congratulations to her, you know, and um, some of those other ones, old Dutch Mantel and some of the others are all pretty good. So I uh, respect the uh, the voters' opinions. So congrats. And who's the other uh, categories you got there, Bo? All right, I've got uh, Worst Non-Wrestler, which the candidates are the great Kali, <laughs> Vicky Guerrero, Michael Cole, JBL, John Cena, The Big Show, Ryback, Brock Lesnar, and Bad News Barrett. Jeez, and oh the winner God. for well, uh, there seem to be a lot of uh, actual wrestlers on this list of non wrestlers, but you know that's none of my business. And the winner in this category is Brock Lesnar. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow, what a large list! First off, great, uh, great big list of names there, and. Uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I can see that. You know, I don't know what I mean. I, I don't want to completely just jump them down and joy with that selection, but uh, I can't argue. I'm not going to argue here. No, I, uh, I'm not sure where that list came from myself, but I, uh, I respect, I guess, the people's opinion. You know, I guess uh, I assume that's just because Brock has. Uh, Ben AWOL, or he's performed so infrequently that he's almost sort of like a non-wrestler. But uh, um, yeah, it's an interesting uh, perspective. I know some of those other names you mentioned were uh, you know, pretty unimpressive. I guess you know. <laughs> I was getting a bit of a laugh just hearing them. You know, like uh, non-wrestler because half of them were wrestlers. You know, so but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, your take on your take on it, Bull. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know that he's the 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 worst non wrestler, but uh, in the in the take of uh, I guess of performances for a year, I guess he would kind of go in that uh, in that category. Yeah, there was yeah. a few other names you mentioned there that kind of made me laugh. <laughs> I would have, I think, I would have personally went with Ryback myself. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Certainly, when he was doing the uh, that gig with Curtis Axel, that was you know, you know, pretty unimpressive. Yeah, <laughs> a few of those others. Uh, when that, when I heard their names mentioned, I I found myself as non wrestlers. When you mentioned guys like Sheamus and Fandango and some of that, it's like. You know, <laughs> It kind of made me laugh that they're, uh, you know, I couldn't defend them though, you know. So. <laughs> and your and your last category, and I I'm probably going to twist my tongue getting this out, but the most obnoxious, embarrassing performer. Yeah, and we've got uh, several candidates for that. The the, the uh, most obnoxious, embarrassing performer category is uh, Paul Heyman, uh, Adam Rose, K-1, 
Kane, Dixie Carter, Seamus, Fandango, and Michael Cole. And uh, the winner of this uh, category is Dixie Carter. Dixie Carter is the most obnoxious, embarrassing wrestler in pro wrestling for the year of 2014. Well, congratulations, Dixie. Um, you should be proud of yourself, I guess. It's the only wrestling award that she can win, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. You deserve a lot of credit, Dixie. You've uh, attained a thought... high, uh, high degree of mediocrity or whatever the hell, you know. <laughs> You know, I thought maybe the uh, wet spot that was caused by the slap from a Bella twin might get a McMahon named on that list, but I guess not. Yeah, so. I, uh, I'm not sure uh, how they how they even arrived at the uh, candidates for this, but uh, I I guess the voters have spoken. Dixie, uh, <laughs> you. You rock or whatever, or you suck one or the other, you know. So. Non stop. Congratulations, Dixie. <laughs> non stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm I, w- sorry. I will say real quick, though, I walked into my parents' house on Christmas Eve, and my little brother was watching TNA's Greatest Moments, which I didn't, uh, I well, didn't have like any that? problem with. Uh, but it was moments took about ten seconds. I imagine. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, well, you know they drag their programs out for as long as possible out there. But it was it was the worst five seven minutes of professional wrestling that I, I just couldn't even stand it. I had to walk in the room, walk in the other room. It was so uh, so horrible, and that was their number one moment. So I could only imagine where the other moments were. <laughs> Wow. Well, God bless you, man. Well, I, I love your list, buddy. And I, and like Bruce said, congratulations to the winners or losers, however that may be, I guess. Yeah, congratulations to Dixie Carter. You've attained an exceedingly high degree of mediocrity here. And for <laughs> that, uh, you know, hope you bask in the glory. Wow. Well, thanks, Bull. Uh, let's see if Michael's, uh, if we got Chris on the line to do his, or are we down to... Yes, we do. Chris Gilman All right, is gentlemen. on the line. Well, thanks very much, Bull, and uh, feel free to stay on if you want to throw in any uh, any uh, perspectives or uh, or whatever. But thank you for uh, those awards. Uh, you, you did them exceedingly well, you know. So good job. Hey, Chris, how are you tonight? Doing great. How are you, Michael? Oh, this is Johnny Mantell, man. We were, we were waiting for you. We, we had to skip a spot, but we're back to you. Let's get to your award. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, first off, how hey, you guys been doing this evening? Good. Good, good. Bruce, it's been a little while since I've spoke with you as well. How you doing, bud? Bruce. Hello. Yeah, you got him, Chris. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, 
let's see. It actually looks like uh, the first category I have, and I'm, I'm I apologize. If, I hope you guys can hear me. I've actually got you on speakerphone right now, but uh, I've got the uh, best uh, heel or uh, non <laughs> fan favorite of the year. Um, best heel. And who are the, the uh, who are the candidates there, Chris? Uh, looks like I have Seth Rollins, uh, Ryback, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, and Stephanie McMahon. And uh, fans have chosen Stephanie McMahon. Um, interesting. Uh, I guess, you know, she did a pretty good job in her role. I can't argue with that. That's it pretty good list of candidates, so it's some pretty good uh, heels in there. So what was your perspective, Johnny, on that? Well, I, I, I would have to, uh, uh, I would have gone another way there and, and probably didn't go that way just because he's getting over so much. He, he can't stay the way he is. But Bray Wyatt's created a, uh, a feel for him in the ring and what he does, the way that people light their cigarette lighters, much like the old days of a concert. And um, uh, I thought that list, he was the leader by far, but I understand I understand the fans thinking Stephanie. Yeah, I, I certainly, uh, I guess from my perspective as a wrestler, you know, uh, a worker or whatever, I, I would have been more inclined to uh, go with one of the guys who was actually in the ring, you know, on a lightly basis and all like that. Yeah, I I, I was uh, myself kind of mixed between, you know, I thought Seth was doing a pretty good job all year long, and, uh, and I thought Bray was, you know, in that whole thing, especially when they were together, the Shield, the, you know, I mean, the uh, Wyatt family, I mean. Uh, yes. But... But yeah, I guess uh, you know, if people have voted Stephanie. I guess it's a sign of their disdain for her, and the fact that she was getting over and doing whatever she was doing is kind of like the uh, head of the team authority type thing. But uh, but yeah, I'll, uh, this is uh, the fans' opinion, so I'll let let it ride at that. Uh, you have the other category there, Chris, is the best uh, face of the year? I do. Uh, the nominees uh, for, for the best baby face of the year, and it's it's a bit lengthy. Uh, I've got uh, Dolph Ziggler, uh-huh. Robert Wood, Daniel oh, yeah. Bryan, yeah. AJ Lee. Oh, the girl, yeah. Yeah, Santana Garrett. Uh-huh. Roman Reigns, Gangrel, uh-huh. oh yeah, Dean Ambrose, and Chris Hero, and the winner chosen by our fans uh, for best baby face of the year is Roman Reigns. Oh, that's wow! I'm somewhat surprised, if only because he was out of action for. Uh pretty extended period of time so but uh that's interesting though you know he, uh, he seems to be over though you know i um 
I can't argue with it too much, but uh, some of those other guys are doing a hell of a job too, though, I might add. So uh, that's been, I think, one of the problems with the faces all year long. They've had uh, quite a few of them, including Daniels. You know, I would say if Daniel hadn't been injured or whatever, he'd probably be uh, maybe the uh, face of the year. But um, I'm semi-surprised that uh, Punk wasn't maybe uh, a candidate, you know, but he's, I guess, out of the picture, so it seems. So, but, uh, but, out yeah, of sight, out of line, right? Yeah. What was your take on uh, the face uh, of the year? You know, I, I can't. I love that kid. I think that kid's got a great future. Um um, I'm like you. Uh, Daniel Bryant was very impressive during the year until he got hurt. And, uh, uh, you know, for me, that, that award and that call and who that person is going to be is sort of watching the fans' reaction. And, and uh, you know, when, when that uh, young man walks to the ring right now, he's getting quite a response. And, and uh, so, does, so does Daniel. But that's, that's, that's quite a list. I also... Love Dolph Ziggler. I think he's probably one of the most unsung, unrecognized talents they have up there, and and I, I like yeah, that. Yeah, I like. Too. To, I'm happy to see Dolph sort of you know, risen above. You know, for a long time there, they had him in some pretty uh, lame characterizations, doing that thing with Vicky Guerrero and some of the other stuff. You know, other than the early. Uh, to right. justice to him, you know, so he, he's kind of risen above a lot of, you know, he's kind of he's been around for a while and hadn't really ever been used that well, but yeah. God, he's and, kind of risen above it all. And sort of like you said, from a wrestler's standpoint, I'd love to put the boots on one more time and have a match with Dolph Ziggler. Would love to. Would love to, love to. He'd be the yeah. one guy in the ring that, I, I, those names there, I mean, Daniel Bryan as well, but I'd love to have his energy in the ring and be able to call spots and and get it get it done the old-fashioned way. He'd be a lot of fun doing it with. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm glad Dolph's been given a chance to kind of just work. You know, uh, for so long he was, you know, sort of stuck in these, you know, kind of stupid storylines and all the other, you know, but. Yeah, I congratulate Roman Reigns though. I know his dad was his dad broke in up here way back when Sika and uh he and Alpha were a great pair of guys, you know, and uh Absolutely. really decent pair of good guys, so uh congratulations to Roman. I certainly can't argue with that and uh I hope he uh has recovered from his injuries and all and uh hope he kinda you know, takes it to the limit. You know, he's uh, by all accounts a, a great guy outside the ring too. So I'm happy to hear that. So, yeah. Hey, Chris, thanks a lot, man. I know we're a little bit behind schedule, and uh, and Bob and Mike have us uh, on a time frame here. So I'm gonna try to get right to Bob and Brent Brooks. who are gonna give us three awards tonight. Absolutely, looking forward to it. Okay. Bob, 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 ok
I wasn't sure if that was a broken record or uh, that was a new entrance. You know, Okay, we will mute that line. <laughs> okay, the babbling brooks or whatever. Yeah. The four Bs aren't with us, Michael? Yes. Hey, hey, we're here. We have Bob Brooks. Oh, cool. I wasn't sure if that was some kind of new like disco uh, entrance or something like that. <laughs> the, B- the Bee Gees are returning, staying alive or something like that, you know, so, but, um. Bob, how are you tonight? Good. How are you doing, young man? Oh, I'm good, man. I don't know. I don't know about the young part, but I'm okay. All right. Well, hey, every every day we get uh, a, a day to be proud of. So absolutely, absolutely. Hey, well, let's get let's get to your list here, Bob. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'm going to read uh, read off uh, the one I have here, and then uh, I, do, do you see uh, Brent uh, the BBM on the line there too? I believe that is our disco skipping number. Actually, we seem to have a bad connection on that one. Okay, all right. He, he'll probably be redialing in then. Um, let, let me go ahead and uh, I've got uh, the most underrated, and uh, some of our uh, candidates for that was Cesaro, and Curtis Axel, and Kofi Kingston, and believe it or not, the Bunny. So, uh, and along with the winner, and if you're ready for this one, guys, because I know we were just talking about uh, Ray Wyatt few minutes ago, well, one of his uh, protégés there, Eric Rowan. And Eric Rowan's the winner for the most oh. underrated, according to our oh. fans. Congratulations, Eric. I think that's uh, I think that's a pretty good choice. I uh, can't argue with it. So, Yeah, you know, How about the, you, between him and Kofi Kingston, I think would have been a uh, – that, that, that's, a, that's a rough pick there. Yeah, I, yeah. I think, um, again, you know, I – I hate for Bruce and I always to go back to the old day, but those two guys, when they came on the scene with Bray Wyatt, the longer they could have kept them quiet and not talking and being seen and not heard, the the more they just would have kept getting over and over. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, A lot like uh, uh, when they brought Mark Holloway up at The Undertaker, you know. They, yeah, uh, yeah. They allowed that thing to kind of, you know, developed and they didn't rush it and that was one of the reasons why it got over you know kind of was very kind of mysterious and had a kind of spooky element to it you know I, th- I thought Eric and both of them you know they came up with the sheep head and uh, Eric did and uh, Luke you know had that kind of uh, you know you know but I'm not sure if there's gremlins <laughs> In there, or what? But I keep hearing all these noises, but but yeah, I think that's a good uh, uh, a good uh, candidate, Eric Rowan, and congratulations to him. You know, certainly uh, has uh, done a hell of a job all year. I thought, you know, and like you said, you know, I think it would have been nice to keep he and Harper together, you know, because they were just starting to click as a tag team, you know, so. Yeah. But, um, hey, uh, yeah. Bruce, uh, not, not to interrupt there, uh, I was just going to tell you, I've got the BBM on the line here, uh, so we're tied in, so I'll uh, I'll turn it over to him uh, if, you're, if you guys are ready for him, his, uh, his uh, awards here. Absolutely. Sure. Okay, here, here we go. Switching over to the Ballistic Brent Myers right now. 
Okay. Hello, Bruce. This is the Ballistic Brent Myers out of Chicago. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Uh, thanks for coming on, Brent. And you got a few announcements here? I do. Okay, we'll start off with the uh, most char- charismatic nominee, and I have okay. Roman Reigns. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, I have Roman Reigns, A.G. Lee, Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, Bobby Ocean, Davey Richards, Low Key, A.J. Styles, Randy Orton, and the winner goes to WWE superstar Daniel Bryan. Okay, that's that's a good list. Uh, when I heard some of those names, I was going, geez, it's been a while since I've heard of A.J. and some of those. But, um, yeah, certainly uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, I I'm hoping uh, Brian Brian Danielson, or as I know him, has uh, be nice to see him make a return. I don't know if that's sure. happening or not, but uh, certainly uh, had a ton of charisma, and uh, I uh, certainly endorse that. Uh, pretty worthy candidate. So, absolutely. How about you, Johnny? Yeah, great choice. Uh, a young man with a lot of character in the ring, and. The fans felt it, you know. I mean, they did everything they could to wear him out and beat him down, and and uh, um, you know he just had a lot of presence to him, and and uh, did things at the right time in the ring, and and I think that's uh, what gave him the edge over some of those other names on there that are very charismatic. But uh, this kid, this kid was uh, on a roll until he got hurt, and I'm like you. I hope he comes back and and gets back in the ring. I hope this injury doesn't stop him. Yeah, I I have no idea what to believe, or I've heard stories that he'll never be back or whatever, but uh, I certainly uh, would love to see him back in. He was, uh, you know, uh, doing a hell of a job when he went down, so uh, more power to you, Brian, if you... If you're listening, and hope, hope to see you back in 2015. Absolutely. And now I think Diva of the Year is our last category out of this group, isn't it? It, it is. It is. I have the uh, nominees for that. Uh, Diva of the Year nominees: Natalia, Nightheart, Paige, AJ Lee, The Bunny, Velvet Sky, Santana Garrett. Rook, Christy Hemi. Hmm. And the winner goes to the bunny, according to the fans following us on Twitter. Wow. I'm kind of intrigued. I didn't, I don't I <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> the bunny's taking the cake here. Um I'll, I guess more power to her than I guess. I don't know what to <laughs> kind of left semi speechless by that one, but uh, I guess uh, the fans have spoken. So. Yeah, and I think again, this is another situation of you know we've we've had a we we created a list, but there's so many unknowns out there that I'm sure if the you know the fans would have saw a few more of these indie young women around the country, that uh, we would add some other names on that list and. Yeah, you mentioned that one Johnny from Texas. You mentioned yeah. that, uh and Charlotte Flair is another one I didn't hear there. Yeah. I 
Partridge oh, Dunks about, and uh, there's a few others I hear on the uh, down in NXT and all that are supposed to be pretty uh, talented, but uh, but yeah, I uh, uh, I don't know what to say about that one. I guess uh, <laughs> I'll leave it leave it at that, you know. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's just keep going down our list. I know, Michael, you have a couple here coming up. Uh, yes, I do. I'm actually going to be doing worst match of the year and who should be fired. Uh, I would like to throw in one thing, though. Uh, as far as the Diva vote goes, out of that list, I would have gone with Paige myself. Uh, and as far as indie standouts go, there are a lot of indie girls out there. Uh, one of my personal favorites right now is uh, Miss Dyslexia. I think she's definitely an indie uh, one out there that people need to keep an eye on. So just wanted to throw that in there. Sure, I'll look forward to hearing, uh, seeing if she uh, gets to uh, the uh, show, as they say, this year. And I like, I'm intrigued by the name. <laughs> so. Okay. All right. So, uh, anyway, let's go on to worst match of the year. And who are the candidates? Uh see, worst match of the year nominees are Stephanie versus Vicky, Big Show versus Rusev, Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt, the TLC match, Miz and Miz Dow versus the Usos, and the Shield versus Kane and the New Age Outlaws, and the winner is a tie. Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt and the Shield versus Kane and the New Age Outlaws. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, so I guess that is that the uh, WrestleMania match we're talking about. That uh, yes, the, the WrestleMania uh, match, the three minute, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I I can't argue with that. And uh, the, the Bray Wyatt, uh, Ambrose, tables, letters, chairs, shamas, or whatever. Uh, I. I I guess the fans have spoken. Neither, neither, all those matches were all pretty, uh, you know, uh, forgettable. Or, but what's your take on that, Johnny? Uh, the same. They're all, you know, you could put them all in a bag and roll them up, and they'd still be the same when they fell out. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think that, uh, I, you know, one of, I guess, probably one of mine. For the year, probably would have been, uh, um, you know, the Undertaker losing to WrestleMania. I probably would have. I didn't care for that match. I thought he worked no, his I, tail off. I thought he worked his tail off trying to get Brock <laughs> over, but uh, you know, I, I just found it sort of a a dead match. You know. Yeah, in its own way, uh, I'd probably. Uh, I would probably say it may have been in its own. Way the worst match or of the year for if if only because uh, you know it wasn't what it should have been. But I mean they all all, all those matches you named they all had odors to them. So <laughs> you yeah. know they they all had an odor to them. And I, yeah. I'm just thinking of other matches that had that odor and and uh, um, you know so again the fans have spoken, but there sure there, there were some other few, bad ones uh, out there. TNA matches that maybe deserve to be on there too. I can't even. I don't. Know, 
I don't watch well, that and, often, but I'm sure there was a few stinkers. Oh, and, and again, there's so many there's so many independents around the country that uh, you know they, they some of those independent shows will have a match on there that'll set wrestling back 50 years, you know. <laughs> so uh, you know, I mean, that's a that's a tough choice when you just have the sort of the highlights from Sports Center to choose from, I guess. <laughs> and your next category, Mike. Uh... The next category is who should be fired. <laughs> Quite a long list here, actually. We have the nominees are JBL, Michael Cole, Los Matadors, Hornswoggle, Centino, Cody Rhodes, Adam Rose, Fandango, Miz, and Mizdow, Bad News Barrett, and Heath Slater. And the winner is... Whoa, 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 whoa. Everybody. Before you announce the winner, before oh, sorry. you announce the winner... And there was no okay. management. There was no management people on that list. Only, <laughs> only the hired help. There was no management people on that list. I got to tell the fans I'm disappointed. Now none go ahead. The, I'm sorry. None of the scriptwriters are <laughs> on that list. <laughs> uh, yeah, the winner is everybody. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> uh, well, you know. <laughs> If your if your offensive line ain't blocking for you, get rid of all of them and bring in a new one. That's what I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations to all of the above and the uh, the yes, Congratulations that they still have their jobs, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all of them. That's a good one. That's probably the da of the night was right there. All of them won that award. It was a 10-way tie for who wants to be fired. That's sort of like who wants to be the first one shot out of a jail and you're in a jail of uh, convicted felons and you're you know, going to take the, take the bullet instead of the electric chair. Who, who's going to raise their hand first to walk out that door, right? If this was the Oscars, I think we'd have run out of statues, you know, for that category. <laughs> Yeah, and the mu and the music would be playing, and they'd be cutting us off and going to commercial. You know. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to bring on our next guest to announce two more words. We are going to bring on the king of no rules, Gabriel Gallo. Well, how are you, Gabe? Nice to have you on board. I'm doing all right. How's everybody doing today? Oh, not bad. You got a tough act to follow the worst match of the year and uh, the uh, who should be fired list. So uh... I'm stealing your thunder, Gallo. I'm stealing your thunder, yeah. man. Uh, it's okay. For once, my match and my name wasn't on either one of those lists, lists so I was happy. <laughs> that was the short list. You're on the no. <laughs> Go ahead, Gabe. Uh, give, us our, give us your first category. All right. My first category here is Feud of the Year. And the nominees are Cena versus Randy Orton, Rusev versus USA, Rollins versus Ambrose, uh, and The Shield versus The Wyatt Family, and The Authority versus Daniel Bryan. Geez, that's some good categories, uh, some good nominees. So, um, 
So, and the the winner is drum roll, please. Uh, the Authority versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, good, good choice. Yeah, I think that is a good choice. Uh, it's too bad Daniel, like what you're saying, is kind of uh, not active right now because that uh, was just you know starting to really uh, peak, you know. So. Yeah, and, I, and yeah. I think that that's a good choice, too, because, you know, it was sort of the David and Goliath, right? I mean, that's sort of how they portrayed it and wanted everybody to think about it. And, and uh, uh, if anything, it was probably closer to an old-day storyline and and uh, angle, as we'd call them back in the day, uh, uh, than a lot of the other things they do. So I, I, I like that choice. Yeah, I liked it, if only because they let it mature. You know, they didn't rush it. Uh, they kind of, you know, kept feeding it and letting it kind of, you know, kind of grow and all like that, you know. And uh, So, yeah, I, I, I think that's a good choice, you know. And some of those other ones were all pretty uh, good nominees, too, though. There were some, you know, some of the other other ones when I heard them read off, I was like, geez, those were all pretty uh, pretty hot in their own way, you know. So, congratulations to. Uh, and I'd say Peter. probably that that one probably lasted the longest of any of those, huh? I mean, all the rest of them were sort of they were there, but were they, you know, a, a six or eight month kind of deal? Probably not, huh? No, I I totally agree, and I know back in the day WWE more than anyone used to really uh, kind of uh, let these things, you know, they take their time, like Andre and Hogan and some of that stuff, you know, they they really built it up for a long time, and and when it finally climaxed, you know, you're really kind of chomping at the bit to see it, and uh, so I'm, I'm glad that uh, Daniel and Team Authority, I think, was pretty good at that. Too often these days, I find that they're uh, shooting an angle and you know have the guys fighting on one ep- episode of Monday Night Raw or something. Yeah, you know, they you know create the storyline and hatch it and have them hatch all in the same night. You know, it's, which is uh, not the way to do it. But but yeah, I think that's uh, I certainly can't argue with that team authority and Daniel and uh, good choice. I think so. Yeah. Good job, Gabe. What's your second category? Uh, my second category is the most improved wrestler of the year. So, okay. the nominees for yeah. this one. What's that? Yeah, who are the nominees? The nominees for this one are Tyson Kidd, Big E, Paige, Dolph Ziggler, and Eric Rowan. And the winner for this one is dun 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 Dolph Ziggler. Well, yeah, I think not a bad choice. You know, like Johnny and I were saying earlier, Dolph's really uh, kind of uh, stepped it up in the last little while. And uh, so, yeah, I've, I've been impressed. You know, he's kind of risen above some of the uh, lame roles that they had him doing a few years back. You know, so. Uh, uh, good on him, then. I I can't argue with that. Yeah, I, I can't either. I don't. Good. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's as, mo- as much a most improved wrestler or, or maybe the spotlights just shined on him a little bit more here recently. Because uh, uh, I thought, I thought when this kid first came up, he was uh, a talent to be reckoned with when he first showed up. And like you said, Bruce, they did some crazy stuff with him, and and uh, seemed like they were trying to, you know, they're trying to find what kind of tack he needed to run his race instead of maybe finding that out in the morning and bringing him right on to the gates and ready to run. You know, a, a good kid, I, that's a good choice. Yeah, and congratulations to uh, him. He, uh, I hope he uh, gets a chance to uh, take the ball and run with it a bit this year. I, I think he's uh, a good candidate to kind of uh, step in and, you know, replace guys like maybe uh, CM Punk if he's gone or or Daniel Bryan, you know, he he might be a good candidate to kind of step in and help fill that bo- that void. So. Yeah, yeah. Good deal, good deal. Well, uh, Gabe, thank you. I think we're going to move right on to uh, Merv Unger now. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks very much, Gabe. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all you too. Thank you. Murph, how are you tonight? Hi, Murph Unger. Not at all. I've been sitting there listening to all of these, disagree with every one of them, but then again, that's what it's all about, isn't it? <laughs> yes, sir, it is. Yeah, Happy New Year, Murph, and uh, nice to hear you. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Yeah, and um, I told you you got a more, uh, you know, somber, uh, you know, tribute to pay here, so I'll... I'll uh... The, uh, the uh, fellows we lost this year, and, well, and, uh, and the gals, and uh, when I look at that list, there's 19 of them, and so many of them I know, you know, that you, you start thinking, well, wow, all the guys you spent time in the ring with and worked with, and uh, ring announcers you worked with, and referees... And all of a sudden they're gone, and it's thinning out. And these were the guys when, when wrestling was really, you know, really meant something. Yeah, you'd certainly know. You know, you've been fifty years or close to it in this business, so you'd yep. seen seen uh, some of the best ever. You know, so. Yep. Well, did you want to go with the list? Yes, sir. Yeah. Bob Geigel. May Young. Cowboy Bob Kelly. Vic Rosatani. Ox Baker. Well. Roger Kent. Al Oming. Sean O'Hare. Larry Nelson, Dr. Ken Rainey, Ultimate Warrior, Ricky Starr, Scott Epstein, Shuhu Akoi, Ted Heath, George Scott, Nelson Fraser Jr. 
Jimmy Del Rey, and Lee Marshall. And I don't know if you know, Lee Marshall was the voice of Tony the Tiger in the cereal commercials. They're great. So that's the list. Wow. Uh, yeah, certainly some uh, old friends of mine in that list. Uh, yeah, mine too. I um, thank you, Murph, for uh, coming on and uh, and doing that nice tribute. Uh, certainly. Uh, well, it tears to my eyes to hear some of those names. You know. I, yeah. Yeah, it's a, you know, it, it, when you look at it, you're left almost speechless because, like you say, there's some really good names in there. I remember way back when uh never really went big time, but went big time in, in Stampede Wrestling was Vic Rosatani uh, from Hamilton, Ontario. And I remember when Ox Baker first showed up in the, in the territory, still got pictures of him tossing me over the top rope and uh, guys like well Roger Kent I worked with in the AWA when he was the ring announcer as well as the TV announcer and uh, you know there's so many others and like I mentioned Lee Marshall he was leaving just about the time I arrived but I've worked with all these guys yeah George Scott was another one that was yes he was one of the Original George and Sandy wrestled in the uh, in the Stampede, and then later in the AWA. So, yeah, he had a good run in uh, Jim Crockett, and then he was a lot of people maybe don't remember, but he was the Booker in uh, WWE. Uh, took off yep. with the WWF with Hulk Hogan and all like that. He was the uh, main guy with Vince then, you know. So. He, he was a, a huge figure, you know, and, of course, old Al Oming was uh, my dad's partner when he started the promotion here in 1948, so, you know, he was a huge figure out here in Western Canada, you know, and some, some pretty uh, big shoes to fill, you know, some of those names are really... Uh, <coughs> Some of the promoters like Bob Geigel and some of them too, you know, are uh, huge players yeah. in the. Um, so. And when you look at May Young, the number of years she was in the business, I mean, she stayed forever. She was in her 80s when she was still, uh, you know, playing a role with the WWE. Yeah, she transcended, uh, you know, from the. The 40s, uh, my dad told me she was around back when he was yep. breaking in, and uh, back in the 40s, and uh, I'm not sure if it was Billy Wolf or who she was hooked up with back then, but she was around there even before the June Byers and the, uh, you know, as far back as the Mildred Burke days, you know, and then yes. kinda was kind of transcended all through Moolah and the... Uh, all the way to the present. Pretty good old girl, Johnny May. You know, I uh, yeah. I can't say I knew her that well, but uh, certainly one of those characters that uh, you know added a lot of flavor to the business. 
Well, I, I can say at the age of 18, I had the privilege and honor of working with Ted Heath and Vic Rosatani, my first uh, impression of the Louisiana Territory for Bill Watts and Leroy McGurk was uh, was Vic Rosatani. Uh, uh, he rode with me my first two weeks there in the Territory, and my brother Kenny actually said to him, now take care of my little brother and don't get him in any trouble, and Vic did his best to do both of those things. So, uh, <laughs> uh, in trouble, Kenny. What? Uh, just one of the great guys. I, I, I got to shoot a little story in just real quick, but Vic is Vic was in and out of the the Mid South Territories mm-hmm. quite a few times, and and uh, he was one of those again capable guys that could work with anybody up and down the card, and they could do stuff, and he could do interviews, and very capable. And Bill and Leroy liked him to be there, but there was always a little uh, personality conflict. I think mainly between Bill and Vic, but uh, anyway. Uh, they got him to come back, and his first day, I'll never forget this, his first day was at a Wednesday morning uh, interview taping in Shreveport, Louisiana, and if you've worked that territory, you know you come, you, wherever you're at Tuesday night, you got to be there first thing Wednesday morning in Shreveport to do interviews for the next two weeks of tapes, and when you walk into the studio, they have all the all the bookings and all the matches coming up for the next two weeks, so you sort of got to prepare yourself for the time slots and then they go right down these time slots and uh vic come in and had his cup of coffee and his bag over his shoulder and a paper up underneath his arm and he walked through and give everybody a hug and a and a kiss and a handshake and then he went over to the table to say hi to everybody and then he went over to the table and apparently the deal he had made with bill was they were going to leave him on the southern route which was mainly you know uh the the, the Louisiana and Mississippi sort of territory, not up in Oklahoma and Arkansas and Missouri, up at that north end. That was apparently the deal he had made with Bill coming back in. He was going to be on the southern route. Well, he had said hi to everybody with the newspaper, coffee, and his bag, and he went over to the sheets to see what interviews he had to do coming up. And all the interviews he had to do were for the northern towns, Little Rock, Pine Bluff, Tulsa, Oklahoma City, uh uh, Springfield, Missouri, all his interviews were for the northern route. Well, he got done looking at the sheets with that same cup of coffee, that same newspaper under his arm and the bag over his shoulder. He made the same route around the room telling everybody goodbye, and he walked out and flew back to Canada. That's my Vic Rosatana story for the night. <laughs> A good one, huh? <laughs> so... I was pretty young when Vic was up here, but um, my dad had uh, my dad really uh, had a soft spot for these Hamilton guys. He always uh, seemed to have a ton of them up here, and Vic was up here with that group like Tolis and John Gordon, the, the Dewey Robertson, and the Billy Red Lions, and the Bull Johnsons, and uh, Kurt Von Hess, and I think he had about a dozen of them at the same time up here. But, uh, um, yeah, Vic, Vic was always uh, interesting. I, I was sort of a little kid, but he, he was always a uh, uh, pretty good guy, a pretty good worker. You know, I had pretty good memories of old Vic, you know. So. Absolutely. Hey, Merv, thank you so much for your list. I know that... Uh, we're running a few minutes behind, so I think we have to get to Evan Ginsberg for his two awards for the night. 
Yay, have a great year, everybody. All the best, Mervyn. Uh, I look forward to having you on in, uh, in, the, in the new year. Uh, always appreciate your contribution. Very good. Good night, Merv. All right, Evans Ginsburg's calling in and going to be with us to give two awards. Evan, how are you tonight? I'm good, I'm good. Great to be back on. And uh, Bob Johnson has assigned me this task, and I'm just the man to do it. How are you guys? Happy New Year, Evan. Uh, thanks for coming on. And Same uh, to you. Same to uh, you. What, what categories is the, are you presenting? This is the match fans want to see um, a four-way at WrestleMania 31, and it's Sting versus Hogan versus Undertaker versus Goldberg. So uh, interesting. Also, uh, Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle, Daniel Bryan versus Triple H, and Rollins versus Reigns. And... um, I'm sure this is the match that Bruce is looking forward to. Adam Rose versus the Bunny. <laughs> there you go. And uh, going from the sublime to the ridiculous. That's right. And the uh, the winner the winner would be. Uh, am I supposed to give this out? Yes. Yeah. Daniel Daniel Bryan versus Triple H. There you go. And uh, yeah. haven't the fans already seen that match? Uh, yeah, but you know okay. we've 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 seen Orton Cena three hundred nineteen times, so uh, this is almost fresh and new. So. Yeah, you you must not have a channel changer because you can, in today's modern world, man, you can push a button and change channels if you're watching the same old thing over and over again. I I have TiVo. I could do three hours of WWE in about eighteen minutes. So uh, you know. Yeah. And it's only, it's regrettable that they couldn't do that, you know, because they should. Be. <laughs> yeah, but and, and I, I have another award if you'd like me to read it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, the fans' choice and Heartbeat Radio's choice for the number one independent promotion that professes old school wrestling, and the winner from Springfield, Massachusetts, is New Age Old Time Wrestling. Oh, great! Well, good for them, man. Yeah. Worthy candidate, you know they do. You know, um, congratulations to uh, both of those worthy winners. Absolutely, go. good choices okay. there. Good choice. There go. Good choice. I appreciate your coming on, Evan. And uh, you know, oh, my uh, pleasure. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, and um, I'll let Johnny uh, move on. But uh, uh, if you want to. Stay on, Evan. That certainly love to have you. If if you got to run, that's fine too. No, I'm I'm fine. Whatever's good for you guys. Yeah, feel free to uh, offer perspective on anything and everything. So I'll let you. My take my the, pers- uh, my perspective is um, guys dressed in giant bunny suits, you know, and grumpy cats. That's what wrestling really needs. Bruce and I were discussing this on the last show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I think that, uh, um, you know, I go back to an old thing when I, when I was uh, just a kid, and I flew to Flor, I flew to Florida to spend a few weeks with my brother Kenny, who was down there training with Hero Matsuda and and Dickie Steinborn, walking me through the building one night, took me out in front, and he said, "Kid, as long as that marquee says wrestling." we ought to do some. 
And then that same night, Leo Garibaldi, in his wisdom, said to me that this business is about the fans and the butts you put into seats. And you have to realize that not every fan likes the same thing. So every you got to have a variety. You have to have a complete package of what you're presenting to the fans. You got to have a big fat guy. You got to have a big hairy guy. You got to have a big tall. You got to have a muscle guy. You have to have all the spectrums of life to produce wrestling the way it was done in the past. And I and I hope that uh, uh, some of the things that we talk about and and like Bruce said, being a history teacher, we know the history repeats itself. And uh, I hope that it it goes back to some of that for the young guys of the business today. And for the fans' sake, too, I uh, absolutely, agree. absolutely, absolutely. Hey, well, I think we're getting closer, getting caught up back on time. I think uh, Neil Jones is going to be with us next for a couple awards he's going to give. Okay, is Neil on there? And um, we are checking on. I do not have Neil Jones on the queue at this time yet. Hmm. Okay. Well, then, we're going to give him for Well, I don't want to do mine, do I? Yeah. If if you want, Johnny, you could probably... Uh, well, then I'll, the I'll get mine out of the way. It's the best overall wrestler for 2014. And, again, I have a big list um, of guys from here. Um, yeah that I'm going to read, and, and the nominees are Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Robert Roode, Luke Harper, Dolph Ziggler, Daniel Bryant, Chris Herg, or Chris Hero, I'm sorry, yeah. Michael Elgin, Adam Cole, Magnus, and Randy Orton. It's a pretty... Uh pretty impressive list uh pretty impressive list right there uh, you know you could make a case for just about everybody on that list you could you could make a case for and the winner tonight on heartbeat radio for both best overall wrestler for 2014 is luke harper geez somewhat surprising but uh, i can't argue with it you know uh d- done a great job in uh you know, kind of an, an interesting, uh, somewhat unorthodox role. You know, so. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Again, you know, I I have to go back to my comment earlier. I just wish they would have left him silent longer. I he, I think this kid would have really got over with his style and his and his oh, sort yeah, of I bruiser, totally sort of his bruiser Brody kind of effect when he's in the ring. Uh, yeah, a little that bit kind like of, the early Undertaker. You know, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I agree, and I, I like you and I were alluding to before. I think he and Rowan maybe should have stuck together for a while. You know, they were just just starting to gel. You know, they, they had barely even done any tagging because they were sort of playing like the uh, supporting role to Bray Wyatt and that whole thing. You know, and they're just just starting to kind of show what they were capable of as, as a tag team and they kind of were broken up and but yeah certainly uh you know I I've been impressed with Luke Harper I 
he reminds you of one of those old school types, you know, from back in the back in the day, you know, and uh, and uh, certainly a, a worthy candidate. So that, that's an impressive. Uh, I'm intrigued that the fans uh, voted him over some of the more kind of uh, well-known incumbents like Randy and uh, some of those, but uh, certainly. Uh, well, you know what I, you know what I find interesting about the list, and 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 uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Evan and Merv and some of those guys will pipe in, but you know, you don't see a John Cena, or you don't see. You know, you don't see some of the guys that keep, you know, they just keep shoving sort of down our throats. You don't see those names Big show on this list, you know, and and uh, um, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I mean, you know, their their world champions not on the list. Their their number one contenders not on the list. Their number, you know, I mean, the, the there's a group of names voided from that list that's pretty obvious that the fans are thinking a little different than. The management, sort of, you know, sort of speaking. Yeah, well, it was interesting. Should be hearing that. <laughs> speaking of management, I, I finally saw the interview that Steve Austin did with Vince McMahon, and when Austin used the word wrestling, McMahon made a face like he was smelling something awful, and uh, <laughs> I, I don't. He actually distanced himself and just said. Wrestling is what my dad did. That's not what I do. So he's looking at it very differently than some of the old school fans. To me, the guy I enjoy watching the most is Cesaro. What a pleasure to watch that guy. Yeah, yeah, and he's been sort of chewed up and spit out and uh, almost kind of cast to the sidelines from what I can see Cesaro. I don't know whether he can rise above all the uh, kind of BS that they've kind of saddled him Mc, with. McMahon know. straight out said to uh, Austin that Cesaro doesn't have quote it the the charisma or whatever the case may be, and I think he's absolutely wrong. I think uh, the the fans, you know, if you book somebody horribly and have them, you know, lose two hundred consecutive TV matches, you know, you, you, you're sabotaging the guy to begin with. I mean, the, the guy's tremendous. Tremendous. Yeah, they, you know, now that you mentioned that they've, you know, his so-called finish, you know, the big swing or whatever has been, I haven't even seen it in months. I don't know they've done away with it or, you know, like, uh, so, but yeah, I, uh, I'll have well, to check yeah. that interview with Steve uh, Stone Cold and Vinny Mac out. I, Interesting. I some <laughs> perspectives. Well, and, and I think too, you know, we're, we're you know we're right on the topic right now of the fact that that wrestling. I understand wrestling has changed, but I'm going to put a big old butt right there. When I go to independent shows around the state of Texas, I can't tell you how many times people come up to me leaving the building and will say, "God, we wish somebody'd bring back the real wrestling." You know, so even. Even though Vince smartened everybody up and told everybody what he's doing, and now he's trying to hide what he's doing, and I mean they they got this they got this great show on on uh, on uh, a syndicate you know on TV that Diva show they got this great show on the Diva show, but then the angles they do on the Diva show that plays on Sunday night 
they don't even follow them on their Monday and Friday night show. So it's no, like there's, there's no. a there's like there's a disconnect of reality and and oh yeah, you know I think that I, I think you know what you're saying there about Vince sort of you know making a, a face like. He doesn't want to wrestle. I think Vince would be happy to move to Hollywood and produce movies. I don't, I don't think that uh, uh, he cares one iota about the wrestling. He's in the production right now, and, and I think that's why there's so many writers and so many hands sort of in the in the kettle, and it makes it makes your end product hard to digest when there's so many different hands and different thoughts in it instead of being. Uh, uh, I mean, I grew up in a business where there was somebody that was in charge. There was one yeah. person in charge. I now, whether I whether there was a committee that made those decisions and that one person was a police officer for those decisions, that may have been. But there was always somebody responsible. And right now, I think, with so many different people, I mean, I understand that you know there's different guys up there that, they do the first match or the second match or this match or that match or these guys or that guys. And I think you lo- you lose a little creative uh, juices by nonsense. making one person in charge of something where you could get other people's input, <laughs> can, you know? Can you imagine Bill Belichick is maybe doing only the first quarter and another coach is doing the second? And, uh, yeah. It's complete nonsense. But I think it should be uh, mentioned when you were mentioning that, Johnny, that uh, – you know, uh, lest anyone forget, uh, Vince tried the XFL. He tried the World Bodybuilding Federation. He tried the uh, all these movies and tried to get his wife elected to whatever. None of those things have panned out, so he should maybe uh, not forget that wrestling is the... Brandon uh, Blatter. Yeah, and uh I won't stray too far from it, but I would... I'll tell you what's ironic. Uh, I saw a WWE film called That's What I Am with Ed Harris playing a teacher, and Randy Orton is the heel, and it was actually a good little movie. Yeah, I was was pleasantly Uh, surprised. Of course, nobody uh, saw it, but... uh, Yeah, yeah, but it was actually a good movie, and, and they've made a ton of, you know... Pretty mediocre, you know, straight to video, you know, action films. So uh, mediocre is uh, being generous. Generous, yeah. yeah. So do you think we would be hacked if all of us put our minds together and we made a movie like this interview where we hired a couple of jabrones to take out the authority and take over, but let new people go in? You think we'd get hacked or anything <laughs> would happen to us if we wrote that kind of script? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that might be the, uh, the the salvation for something or whatever. I don't know. You, know, you, you want to know something? Um, you actually hit the nail on the head. People should people should create their own art, create their own content. It's it's inexpensive enough today with the technology, and uh, you know. Obviously, it's hard to recreate a WWE, which is a billion-dollar corporation, but you could certainly, you know, 
I, I, I produced the movie on $10,000, you know, uh, and it actually won awards, you know, a documentary. So it's, uh, it's not that expensive today to do quality work on a shoestring. I actually it, uh, thought that whole thing was a work. Maybe it still is a wee as herc, as they say, with, you know, the, the Koreans and, you know, the they're getting a ton of uh, publicity, and I'm sure when it does hit the theaters, it'll. I still, uh, just from my cynical wrestling perspective, uh, figured it might have been a work from the get go, you know, that whole thing, you know, so I don't know. Interesting. You, know. you never know. Well, it, it, might do, it might do somebody good to go back to making it a work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, just All right, we've got Neil Jones on the line here for the last two awards of the evening. Well, let's get to it, Neil. All right. Well, we got a match of the year, and uh, the nominees are the Intercontinental title match between Dolph Ziggler and Luke Harper, TLC uh-huh. match John Cena versus Seth Rollins, SummerSlam AJ Lee versus Paige, and WrestleMania Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. Okay. The winner, and, and I, I heard this was very close. The winner was Dolph Ziggler versus Luke Harper for the IC. Uh, I kind Good of a match. dark horse. I'm surprised the fans maybe didn't. Uh, well, it was it was a great it. match. I saw that match, and it was, uh, you know, oh, yeah, it, that was. By far the best match on that card, you know. It, uh, yeah. Uh, oddly enough, it was the opening match, as I recall, and uh, exactly downhill after that. <laughs> yeah, uh, terribly downhill. So, so, yeah. Well, again, uh, again, right? I mean, both those guys have been in numerous categories. Luke Harper's won, Dolph's won, and and uh, they were two quality guys in the ring, and they put on a hell of a match. I mean, I I have to uh, I have to agree with that one. I, I like that choice. Yeah, I uh, you know I didn't. Uh, I semi surprised that the uh, Undertaker matches. Uh, you know, I, I thought a lot of fans maybe had rated that. I, I, I like you said, Johnny. I didn't really think that. I, was I hadn't found anybody that liked it. Yeah, I hadn't found yeah. anybody that liked it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I give props to uh, Harper and Dolph. You know, it's. Uh, that was as good a main match as I can recall all year, you know, all things considered, you know. It, uh, the only thing that was funny to me that was the opening match on the whole card, you know, and it's match of the year, you know, it's almost like it says something about the whole uh, state of things, you know. When, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I can't argue with that. What do you think, Evan? Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a great match, and uh, of course, uh, everything that followed it on the pay per view uh, was stultifying. So <laughs> they kind of sabotaged themselves. I agree. Yeah, yeah. it was like some kind of uh, post mortems after an orgasm or something like that. The rest of that <laughs> yeah. <course. laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it was sort of it was sort of it it had to stand out because the other ones were so bad, right? I mean. Uh, I mean, I hate to say it that way, but they just uh, oh uh, the, the opening match of the night should get the crowd revved up and ready to go, and and each match should add a little bit to it. And, and yeah, anything, I know by the end of that card, I was out. like uh, gagging. You know, it's like uh, you know, it was almost 
too much, you know, to the point where you couldn't take any more, you know. I'll never look at a ladder the same way again. <laughs> no, or a chair. Or a, or a chair or a table. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The only thing they didn't bring out was the uh, sledgehammer from the uh, built into the cage or some crap, you know. But uh, That but, show uh, needed more ladders. That's what it needed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, we really needed more. In the, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I couldn't fit them in the building, unfortunately, but. And, and Neil, your I'd second like category of the night? Um, we also have a most memorable moment of the year, and uh, the nominees are Authority getting fired, the Ultimate Warrior speech from the Hall of Fame, and Brock Lesnar ending the streak at WrestleMania. And the winner is Brock ending the streak at WrestleMania. Wow. That's yeah, sort of like uh, bittersweet about that myself. You know, I uh, the match itself, as Johnny and I were saying, I didn't think it was that. I, I guess it was memorable, if only because. Uh, I think the outcome's maybe. memorable. I don't think the match itself was. Uh, if it wasn't for the outcome, I don't think the match itself would be memorable at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was a lot of moments through the year that. Uh, could have been looked at. I, I, I know that was uh, uh, a moment in time when they showed all the faces of the fans at ringside. They couldn't believe it. And, and uh, um, you know, I hear so many stories about that night and how that decision was made and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't you know, know what I, to I, believe I, as yeah, to what, yeah. what was real and what, you know, I, you know, I didn't. I originally heard that it was uh, an accident. You know, I don't know if that was true or not. I discern that isn't now. But uh, you know, they made it like uh, that wasn't even supposed to be the finish. It was supposed to be uh, Taker going over, and then that he was legitimately hurt. And then, but yeah, I, I'd be a little bit more leaning myself. You know. To uh, this, the uh, whole under, Ultimate Warrior thing, even though you know, uh, it's it sort of uh, etched in my mind. If only it was kind of a, you know, he finally uh, sort of made peace or got the uh, Hall of Fame induction, you know, and then. Uh, I really thought his uh, speech on the night after, well, at at on Raw was even uh, more memorable, especially, uh, you know, what what he said on the show. Yeah, then, I'd, I'd say, like, just the uh, dynamic of it, I thought, was, you know, it's pretty memorable to me, and I... I guess, yeah. I, I guess my perspective on, on that with, uh, with the Ultimate Warrior is when he came on on Monday Night Raw and I had four or five different people call me that night after he spoke, and I said the same thing to all all the group that called me that evening. I told them, I said, God, I wish I knew him better and and had a relationship with him because I'd call him right now and tell him, Boy, you need to get to the doctor because he just didn't look good. He didn't breathe good. There was just no, a lot I, of signs that were I concur. That were you know, I I, uh, I hadn't so, seen Hellwake in years, you know, and when I saw him, I was like, Geez. Uh, it's almost taken aback, you know. I obviously had no sense of his imminent demise, but I was like, geez, uh, 
you know, I had this image of him, you know, and uh, it wasn't really that old, you know, you know, talking about a guy who was like uh, around in the 50s and 60s or anything like that, you know, he's relatively, uh, and that was the first thing I saw, geez, uh, he doesn't look good, you know, he had a bad color, uh, you know, I almost felt, you know, kind of half, just kind of sad or, you know, just seeing him, you know, I had no idea, obviously, but yeah. Yeah, the, the next day when you get the news, you know, you, you, for me anyway, it was like, you know, it wasn't, oh, it was like, man, I knew he looked bad last night. I knew there was, you know what I mean? It was almost like it was an I told you so moment. And, and I hate, and I hated that feeling. It bothered me for a long time after that, that, uh, um, you know, we sort of saw, we sort of saw his last breaths, you know, I just, um, um, sad moment. Yeah. It was more, uh, I was more sad than celebrating when I saw him got the award and just like, geez, uh, felt bad for him, you know, I, I don't know what hap- had happened to him, but uh, I just had a bad vibe, you know. Really eerie to think of uh, what he said on Raw, too, about, you know, when the, every athlete will, uh, their heart will beat their last beat and uh, breathe their last breath and talk about being immortal and all stuff, and then he passes away, you know, the next night. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of uh, an odd omen, you know, or whatever. It was actually Shakespearean, you know. He he came to he made peace with everything, and, and then he died. It was like something out of uh, you know an old Shakespeare play. Unbelievable, really was unbelievable. That's a clip they'll show forever. That the the speech he says. Uh, they already yeah. showed a lot now, but it'll be something that that will for years they'll show. Yeah, yeah, I'm intrigued at the uh, last category or the last thing in that category uh the stephanie and hunter all like that getting fired i don't <laughs> think anyone took that seriously anyway it's just sort of like uh more of an anomaly or something i suppose you know but yeah mm-hmm. yeah again uh hey the awards tonight some uh much like with wrestling some were liked and some weren't uh the fans spoke i think uh, in some of the categories the fans uh uh, maybe should be listened a little bit by some of their comments or maybe lack of comments by people they put in categories. I think, uh, you know, we had a sort of a, uh, a moment here tonight for two hours where we talked about uh, some of the highlights from the year. I know there's uh, uh, three more days, three and a half more days in our year, but uh, uh, hopefully no no other moments will supersede what we did here tonight. Uh, I do want all the fans out there to know that uh, Heartbeat Radio is going to be coming to you on a Thursday night, I believe, Bruce. January 8th will be the first show. And uh, Bob told me tonight that the first guest is the incomparable Bruce Swayze. And what a class gentleman. Uh, I never got to be around him in his wrestling days, but. Uh, I know he was dear friends with a dear friend of mine, Gene Lewis, and uh, uh, I've heard nothing but great stories about him in the ring and his talent, and uh, I look forward to uh, hearing him talk on January 8th. Yeah, I'm told, and I'm not sure, uh, Bob told me something about uh, another good friend of Swayze's, and uh, 
probably a friend of many of the other people out there is uh, Hillbilly Jim. Absolutely. Maybe coming on there. and uh, He's a good friend of Bruce Swayze's, but uh, a really uh, great guy, too. So if he's on there, I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, I'm certainly looking forward to having people like Evan and uh, oh, some you. of the other guests that we've had on tonight. Uh on the show in the uh, new year, you know, they're uh, certainly impressed with their opinions, and they always had a lot of uh, perspectives, so I definitely look forward to that. Yeah, and I, and I like the fact that uh, with the with Evan and Merv and these guys that have been around and have seen it all, you know, you're they're, they're not intimidated by what's popular on TV. They're more concerned about what's right or wrong. And, and uh, uh, you know, I yeah, was asked, uh, I, I know Bruce and I have talked about it, and we've talked about it a little bit on the show. Uh, uh, I was on the uh, screening committee this year for the, the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in Amsterdam, New York, and this year was one of the first times that it was uh, three wrestlers on that committee instead of... Uh, of historians and and I think that uh, the three of us uh took the job very seriously um, tried to create the best ballot we could create and uh I'm very happy and proud of the class of two thousand fourteen going into the hall of fame and and uh, I look forward to it uh, moving on down the road yeah I echo that sentiment and uh I hope to maybe get down there this year and uh you know and take that whole thing in. It's uh an awesome uh ceremony from what I've been told, so Oh, it's great. I've been there. Awesome. Yeah, they, they, they do a great job there. Right now they're fighting a little uh, uh problems with the cities up there, the hotel and the city that's right next to the Hall of Fame is been in and out of ownership, so they've had some issues with that, but uh, I look forward to them getting that straightened out and moving forward with it, and and it is a brick-and-mortar Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, where else can you go see uh, Andre the Giant's boots and uh, 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 Moolah's outfit and see a, uh, Danny Hodge's belt or, or read about uh, uh, wrestling before the turn of the century, you know some of the some of the names that will ever be forgotten can be remembered at that hall, and and uh, I thank them all the time for everything they do for our business, and and because ultimately through history, and and again, Bruce, I know you you being a history guy, through history, history is remembered and it's documented by people that that document what they know. And so as we tell these stories and tell these uh, uh, life-changing moments in our lives through the wrestling eyes and through our lives, uh, we're telling history. And, and that's what that Hall of Fame is really trying to preserve is some of that history. And, and my, only, my only dream would be that maybe the, the Hall of Fame in Iowa and the Hall of Fame in New York could... Uh, work on the same page and i would hope that maybe vince one day would understand that uh they're not trying to steal any talent or stealing any of the thunder they're just trying to document the history of this sport and not uh not 40 or 50 years from now just let the fans remember wrestlemania one on 
Let's oh, let them yeah, know uh, about the let's totally let them know agree. about the Hack and Schmitz and the and the real guys of this business that uh, uh, were here long before any of us. Yeah, I don't think like if George Steinbrenner had uh, taken over the Baseball Hall of Fame, you know, it would have been you know what it should have been, you know. So I totally agree. I hope that uh, maybe uh, they can all kind of work together, you know, and. Uh, I don't perceive a, just a WWE Hall of Fame without uh, paying homage to all that came before. You know, it's uh, something just not quite right about that. So, but yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that they should all be uh, working together. You know, and taking into consideration that it's the fans that are ultimately uh, the ones. That should be, uh, you know, included in the equation, and 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 the boys, you know. So. Yeah. Hey, I know we got four minutes left in the show tonight. I'm not sure who all's still on with us, but let's all start saying our good nights and our goodbyes for the evening. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bruce, I, I just wanted to say that at the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, Tony Volano was gracious enough to have a display of Tiger Khan's uh, gear. Which well, uh, meant meant a lot to me. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you told me that. I uh, I'm happy to hear that, and uh, it's a name that a lot of people probably don't maybe know, but uh, a really awesome guy, uh, Tiger Khan. So uh, thank you. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, I I'll just step in real quick and say I know Tony's doing everything he can to pay homage to this sport and uh uh so for me and and my family here in texas Kay and i we say thank you to tony and we say thank you to bruce for uh everything he keeps doing for this business and the hart family uh bruce i've enjoyed being on with you this year and being part of uh of uh our laughter and our cries about the business and uh maybe we can uh maybe we can make a difference yeah, I uh, I appreciate that. I uh, thank that. And it's guys like you and Evan and uh, so many of these others, the Tom Burks and uh, all the others that uh, are what, you know, sustain and fortify this business. And I wish there was a lot more like you guys. And I'm sure there's a lot more out there. I'm hoping we can kind of get them to kind of join the crusade. But... But, yeah, thanks very much, Johnny. I'd like to wish uh, you and Evan and uh, anyone else that's still on here uh, all the very best in the, in the uh, new year. And uh, I'm looking forward to having you guys back on uh, throughout the year. And, uh, it, it's a pleasure to always uh, hear your perspectives and share some of the memories and the, uh, you know, the perspectives that you guys have, you know. Uh, and same I, and to you. I and I know you. thanks so much. And I know that uh Bob said he was going to come set with you tonight. I hope he brought you a cold one or a glass of wine cuz I told him to bring you one. That's what I was going to have tonight while we were doing the show. And uh um I also want to just throw out a quick thank you to Michael for doing his part tonight and also Bob said something you guys are all trying to get down here for the Red Bastine Texas shootout. We hope to see you in February. Good yeah, night. I'm, Happy uh, New Year to everybody. You too. Th- 
Thank you very much. All the best. Yeah, this is uh, Neil from MyWayTrustling dot com, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. And uh, good luck in two thousand fifteen. To you too. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me help out, Bruce. Uh, Bob wanted me to mention that tomorrow on the Heartbeat Radio Facebook page, out for indie promotions, indie wrestlers, top wrestling podcasts. So everyone be on the lookout for those. Thank you very much. I'll uh, make sure to uh, check that out. Good night, everybody, from Heartbeat Radio. Have a great 2015. Thank you.